Today, I want you to really sit back and enjoy my conversation with Liz Bruner. She's an Emmy award-winning journalist, and she just wrote an amazing book, Dare to Own You. It's fantastic. I just finished it. We had the most amazing conversation about authenticity and what it's like to write the next chapter of your life. So enjoy. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Liz, welcome to the Successful Mind Podcast. It is fantastic to have you here. Um, I have been so excited to talk to you. And what most people don't know is that we just talked yesterday. So that was actually, it hasn't been a long time, but it is, uh, your book is amazing. Like before we get into it, I know we're going to talk about it and I've got some really great questions, but the idea, Dare to Win, taking your authenticity and dreams into your next chapter. Um, the I know a lot of the folks that listen to my podcast, one of the main questions they have is, what am I supposed to do with my life? What's my purpose? What do I do next? What do I do now that COVID happened? What do I do that I lost my business? And you articulate ideas in here about how to think about ourselves and what we're doing in life and where we're going in an absolutely amazing way that I know that it's just going to resonate with everybody. But before we get into that, how did this book come about? Like, what's the story behind this? Because I love hearing the story behind stuff. Because I know I've written two books. I know what it's like to write a book. I know what you can go through in your life to do that. And, you know, the culmination of it. So I love hearing the stories. Tell me, tell me about how this came about. Well, first of all, thank you for having me and thank you for saying you liked the book because while we're actually recording this, today is my official launch day. So congratulations. <laughs> that is fantastic. Thank you. thank you. I really appreciate that. It all started, I guess, many, many years ago when people would say to me either one-on-one -on -one clients in a workshop, when I would be giving a keynote speech, you should write a book, Liz, you should write a book. I would think in the back of my head, yeah, maybe someday, okay. But I would also think, what do I have to say? What could I possibly write about? And I touch on it in my book, Dare to Own You, because a lot of people assume, and maybe you felt this way, David, when you first wrote your book, what am I going to write about? And I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go with it. I started writing in the summer of 2019. Okay. And I just started writing some things down, some possible stories. I really didn't know where I was going to go with it. And then at one point, I felt like I was going off course. And so I stopped. And I also talk a little bit more about I had bravely, and I say that now, bravely sent contact content to one publication. And, and they said, well, this isn't our genre. Then another one said, I want more client stories. And I don't know what you mean by that. But when I finally picked it back up again, and believe it or not, that off course content mm. became my how to be a rock star public speaker flagship 
public speaking course on my online platform, Bruner Academy. So it was not wasted. No knowledge is ever wasted. No experience is ever wasted. Yeah, that's chapter one. No knowledge. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And then what happened was because I had put it aside, life gets in the way for all of us. And we think, ah, whatever. And so it really was more of a wish as opposed to a dream that I could turn into a reality. And finally, last fall, which would have been November, October, November of 2020, my business coach and I were talking and I was telling her about the how to be a rock star public speaker course. And I was really excited about it. It had come together beautifully and we'd now put it all together. And she said, you know, I think I'd like to, I'd like to read it. Could you transcribe the contents for me? I said, Michelle, I wrote it. I can just send you the scripts, right? Yeah. She said, there might be an ebook here. And I thought, okay. And then she said to me, David, you know, I co-own a publishing company. How did I not know that? I I don't know. I've been working with her for a year. How I did not know that, I don't know. But I didn't know that. And she said, I'd like to read it and see if it's an ebook. So I sent her all the scripts. And she said, this is really great, Liz, but it, it reads like a course. I said, I wrote it like a course, yeah. <laughs> of course. And she said, it would take a lot of work to kind of make this into a book. And I said, well, Michelle, it just so happens all the other stuff that I call my book that I had started writing in the summer of 2019, may I send that to you? You can tell me if it's crap. And she said, send it to me. And I had maybe 8,000 words. I don't know what it was back then. It was certainly not a lot. I sent it to her and she read it over the holidays and she got back to me and she said, Liz, this is really good. I want you to keep writing. And oh, by the way, at Grace Point Publishing, we have a program that will help authors such as yourself. We will assign you a writing coach. We will help you with the artwork. We're going to get it all the way up to the finish line of a publisher. You can take it and go with it, shop it somewhere else, or we can publish it for you. I said, yes. And this was probably in March of 2021. And David, it was as if a light bulb went off. And all of a sudden, I was ready to write. And I think you can appreciate this, and perhaps many of your listeners can too. I felt like I was getting downloads from the universe, from source, from God. It just started to flow. And the more I wrote, the more I had to write. The more I had to write, the more I had to say. And Shauna, my writing coach, was wonderful because she would say to me, I want to know more about this story. I want to know more about that story. And I said, you do? (laughs) (laughs) And I was kind of surprised by some of it, but the more I wrote, David, I just, it truly, I was on a mission. Yeah. I was on a mission. I was, I don't want to say obsessed, but I really, I was so ready to write it. I would wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, I've got to add this story. I would sit down and hours would go by. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, before I knew it, at the end of July, mid-July, I remember It was a Sunday and I'd been writing all day. I was just really kind of in a zone. And I got done, which was the last chapter. Now, keep in mind, there's all this other editing that goes on after this. Right, right, yeah. But at this moment in time, it was Sunday afternoon at 5.30 and I got done and I went, oh my God, I have just written a book. I've just written a book. I was so (laughs) excited. I couldn't believe that I'd actually done it. 
and I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm very happy with it. And I'm excited about putting this out into the world. So that's the story behind the book. <laughs> well, as you should be. So, so I'm, I'm listening to you and you, you were talking about like, it's, you feel like it's downloading, right? Mm-hmm. I have heard, I have heard authors say this, and I have also heard um, uh, musicians uh, have told me this. Composers. That at time, yes. What's that? Yeah, composers. composers. Yeah. As if the book was writing them, mm. right? You know, like it was like, it was coming through. You had to do this. As, and and because the, I think the difference is, at least from what I've seen from people, you hear about people like, oh, I've been working on this book for 10 years. It's like, well, what have you been doing <laughs> for 10 years? Well, I get stuck and I put it down for a year and I don't know what to do. And I, you know, I pick things up. But then I hear stories like you where, in a matter of months, although it's been percolating for a while, right? A matter of months, this thing just comes out. So, back just to back up for a moment, when you said that you would have clients or people when you were speaking come up to you and say that you sh- that they they thought you should write a book, right? Did they ever tell you what it was that they were hearing? Uh, did it, I mean, did it occur to you? Like, what is it no. that they're hearing? You know, what, I think, what is think some of what they were saying was your story, your story, because your I would story. sprinkle some things in about my own personal story, depending yeah. on the audience. But I really didn't know. And I think that's why in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's an intriguing idea. It's a wish. I don't know how to make it a dream and, and turn it into reality at this moment of time. I mean, I know how to write scripts for news stories as a news anchor and a reporter. I know how to put all of that together. I know how to help clients work with their stories. How do I tell my story? It's a very vulnerable experience. And I know you can relate to that too from your yeah. books. And so just no one ever really said, well, this is what I think should be in the book. And even when I was working with Shauna, my writing coach, other than her saying to me, I want to know more about this story. I want to know more about that story. Did she tell me what to write? It just started to flow out of me. Mm -hmm. And one funny story, I remember it was close towards the end and actually writing, it might've even been that same day that I finished it. I had gotten up early that morning and started writing away. And normally what I love to do is go over to the Charles River. I live in the Boston area and I love to go to the Charles River and do my walks. And I had been following the swan story in Boston all summer long. That's a whole other story. But I had gotten friendly with a lot of people who were following the swans as well, in particular a photographer. And we had been DMing each other on Instagram and said, okay, we'll see each other tomorrow. I think this is on a Saturday. And normally because I go over early in the morning, I thought, oh my gosh, now it's 1030. I'm sure Haley's not even there. She's probably gone. And I walk across the footbridge, David. And who's the first person I see? Haley. Wow. The reason I got up when I did to go to the river was I'd stopped and like, I'm stuck. I know I'm supposed to go somewhere next. I don't know where I'm supposed to go next. I know there's something next to write about. I wasn't sure where. And I go over and I'm talking to Haley. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're here. And she says, how come you're so late? I said, well, I'm writing my book. And I told her about it. And then she starts to talk about what I was exactly stuck on, where what happens in life when the unexpected happens. And she started saying something about clients she works with. And I turned right around. I said, Haley, I got to go. 
And I came back home and I wrote, it was, I mean, that's a godsidence to me yeah. to have that moment that she was still there. And we talked about that. And I even, I was texting her this morning. And I said, you unknowingly created the whole next section of my book. So I said, you better get a copy and read it. <laughs> that's amazing. And it's, that serendipitous stuff that happens, I think is, it's freaky. It gives you the goosebumps, but it's so right on when it happens, which, which makes me have to ask this question. Where, where and why dare, dare to own you? Where does that come from? Dare to own you? It comes from me. It comes from me. Tell us about that. It comes from me learning how to own me and learning how to accept me learning how to be my best authentic self, warts and all, but me. And when your life goes through transitions, as everybody's does, I think when you can really tap into what is going on and realizing there's something that's shifting, and you talk about this in your book, The Millions Within, about that change in attitude that you had. And when you, when you begin to see those kinds of transitions, if you're paying attention, if you're aware, and you may not know what the heck's happening, but you know something's happening. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt when I was writing this book. It felt very important to me that I get this down on paper and that I shared with people that, you know what, if I can make these transitions, if I can find the courage to be my best authentic self, and it does take courage, then anybody can do it. If I can create all these next chapters that I've had in my life, going from high school music teacher to working in retail to a 28-year career in television to now having my own communications business for the last eight years, if I can do that, anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. Did you feel like there was, um, did it feel like it was a process of your you transitioning, I'm, I'm talking about the book now and, the, and the, the title of the book, or was it clear to you that it was a message for other people? It's both. It's both. I think it's both. Well, I think it's both too. But, but from your internal purpose, what did it feel like in the moment where you decided to write the book? I felt so compelled to share with other people that, that, you know what, you can do this. You can do this. And that's one of the reasons why I have my podcast, Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner, because I love talking to people such as yourself who have had these transitions, these next chapters. How do yeah. you do it? And, and so I, I want to be able to, to, to share with people, you can do this. Yes, I'm learning, I've learned, I'm doing, but you can too. And so I think it's both. It was just as much about me as it was that I felt like I had a purpose to share this content and this information with people to help people to be of service in some way. Do you think, well, you, so the first chapter is no knowledge is ever wasted, um, which I think is, I think that's a brilliant way of, of, I mean, I think that it says a lot, no knowledge is ever wasted. Where did that come from? And what does that mean to you? <laughs> well, it first came from my grandmother. This Your is grandmother. The, my grandmother, Chaco, my mother's mother, 
she would say this quote over, I've, my, my ears were, you know, penetrated with this quote, yeah. no knowledge is ever wasted. And if you add the rest of it from my grandmother in the good Lord's sight, <laughs> in the good Lord's sight, in the good Lord's sight. And it really was the impetus for the book. And when I first started writing it back in summer of uh, 2019, that was the title of the book. That's where I thought it was going to be. But then as I wrote it, it obviously, you know, you probably had a million different titles also for your books, but it just, it goes to, you know, its own transitions, right? (laughs) And so that's where that came from. But as I began to really think about my career path and how I've helped other people figure out some of their next chapters, it really truly comes down to no knowledge is ever wasted. No experience is ever wasted. And if you can begin to step back and put yourself into what I like to call the witness position, so you're outside of yourself looking at your life, Mm -hmm. and you begin to look at what did you want to be as a child? What were your hopes? What were your dreams? What were your passions? What were the fun things that you did? Then if you transition to where were you in your life? Where were there times when you made a choice to go one way or you made a choice to go another way? Was it your choice or was it somebody else's choice for you? What were your, some of your first jobs that you held? And can you begin to see as you move through your life, what are the patterns? Can you connect the dots? Because I believe that there are rivers and themes and patterns of our life that continue to show up if we're willing to take a look at that and then how that moves through your life. Yeah. There's a, there's a quote by, by Steve Jobs that says, you can't connect the dots going forward. You can only connect the dots uh, from, you know, going Going backwards, backwards, I think. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, but, but this, but this quote from your grandmother, no knowledge is ever wasted. Did you feel like in some way that was a mantra for her life? Like, was that a message that, (laughs) that she was, she was repeating something for herself, but it also translated for her loved ones, obviously in some way, I mean, it had an impact, right? a huge impact on my life. And in fact, I dedicated a whole section of the book to some of my family's uh, lineage and genealogy because that no knowledge is ever wasted, while it is a profound statement and full of wisdom, it also, in some respects, the flip side of it came with unconsciously for me until I started writing this book, those expectations that are either placed on ourselves by family members or, or ourselves for that matter. And I, I don't recall there being any family member saying, well, you need to do X or you need to do Y. This is what's expected of you. It was very unconscious on my part. Yeah. But it was there. And that no knowledge is ever wasted. The, the grandmother who um, said that quote was a medical doctor. Now, she had three different doctorates. Wow. Brilliant woman. Yeah. And as was my grandfather, her husband. And so, and, and her lineage goes back to, you know, the Mayflower and people coming over on the boat to, to Boston and actually developing some of this city, which is very interesting because the connection I feel to this city is extraordinary in some ways. Well, you, you say, you, like, and, and I quote you, if we're filled with self-doubt, we become our own worst enemy. And then you go on to say, 
I'm a mosaic. Everyone's family is unique. But have you ever thought about how your family shaped who you are, culture, traditions, and family stories combined to form our identity, actions, beliefs about ourselves? I'm proud of my family tree and my generational roots, which have impacted my life in profound and sometimes unexpected ways. What are some of those unexpected ways? Similar to what I was just talking about, that expectation that I didn't even realize I had on myself till I started writing this book, David. And I remember the day that I was working on that section. And I just kept saying to myself, why am I so compelled to share my family lineage? Who cares? Who ca- who's going to really care? And I got up and I went over to the river <laughs> and started my walk. And tears started flowing down my cheeks. And it was that realization of this unexpected expectation that I had unconsciously placed on myself. And I realized it's one of the reasons why I have pushed myself so hard, why I've tried so hard in every area of my life. Have Mm -hmm. I been 100% successful? No, because nobody's perfect. (laughs) Okay. Right. But that was something that was very unexpected that I didn't even realize. And I just kept saying, why do I need to share this content? Why, Why would anyone care about this? But when you read it and you see some of the weight of it, <laughs> it's, pretty sure. <laughs> it's pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy. But it's it's heavy, but in a, in a good way, like an intriguing way. I mean, you... Towards to, you didn't you you uh, designate a significant part to and, I, and I'm going to quote you again. How do you identify what the next chapter is and what the roadmap what the roadmap excuse me looks like to get there? And I mean that's heavy just in an, in an, in and of itself. But as you put in the book, it's something that we seriously need to consider. And think about why why do we need to do that? Why is that important versus just letting it happen and we step into it as it happens? Well, similar to your philosophy, I believe, I believe we all have a purpose. We're here for a reason. There's something we're supposed to do with the gifts and talents that we have. They may be on a grand scale. They may be on a small scale. It doesn't matter. And when you can begin to identify that, And when you can own who you are and your authenticity, then I think you are living a full life. Too many people go through life unaware. They they go, they go to the job, they get the paycheck, they do whatever. And maybe have they ever stopped to think, what do I care about? What, what, What is important to me? And how can I give that back to the world? Mm -hmm. And when you can begin to kind of look at it from that standpoint of figuring out, well, what could my next chapter be? What I find so interesting too, David, is there are so many people who have a forced retirement, for example. Let's use that as, a, as an example. Okay. They have to be done at 62 or 65 or whatever the, the number is for their company. And some of them stop and they don't know what the heck to do next. And they really are lost they're lost. There are others who take a little bit more of a proactive approach and think, okay, well, I'm going to spend some time playing golf, but maybe I'll do some charity work. Maybe I'll donate time, whatever. Yeah. And then there are those who really, I believe, is where all of us should be. 
people are not staying in careers for 20 or 30 years anymore. Right. They're just not staying with the same company anyway for that length of time. People are changing every two or three years. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I do think what happens is now you're beginning to really assess who am I? What do I want? How can I give to the world? How can I be of service? What are my gifts and talents? And how can I use them to create my next chapter so I am my best authentic self? This is about really owning who we are so that we can live a more full life. Yeah. What I like about thinking about the next chapter and the way that you address it in the book is I think what becomes kind of obvious, and maybe it's just because of our age, I'm not sure about this question, but if you, if you <laughs> look at people in general, part of the problem is they never thought about the first chapter, right? So exactly. you, have these, you, you have these people that, that get into a forced retirement, as you say, can, you know, whatever the condition may be or the circumstance in their life, and they realize they're lost. They don't know why they lived the life that they lived. And when you think about that from a human perspective, that's actually quite disturbing. If you really get in there and start letting that sit with you and realize, oh, shit, my whole life could have just passed like it passed. And I didn't do it consciously. I didn't make any real conscious decisions. I may have thought that I did, but now I'm finding out based on whether it's the shortness of time or the lack of control that I now have over what I think my next chapter might be because maybe I'm older or I don't have the resources that I did or something in the world has changed that if I'm, if I'm ever going to be conscious, I better, I better actually do it. I better do it now. And is. When you look at your life, do you feel that you thought about it? Because it kind of sounds like you did, like you had a conscious plan from the, from the early days on. I mean, I think I did. No, no, you didn't. Okay. No, and it's interesting that you should ask that question because I, I was thinking about this the other day. I thought, why did I go into being a high school music teacher? I didn't think about doing anything else at that time. I thought, okay, I've done music, I'm singing, I'm going to go get a degree in music, and I'm yeah. going to teach music. I didn't really think about anything else. But after I had been teaching for two years, and it's not that I didn't enjoy it, because I'm a teacher now in many respects. Again, yes. I come full circle. Yes. But I thought, I just felt there was something more I was supposed to do, David. I didn't know what it was, but I just felt like there was more I was supposed to do. I couldn't explain it. I could not explain it. And that was frustrating. <laughs> but I quit. Yeah. And I worked in retail to pay the bills. And I was doing all these assessment tests trying to think, well, what was I, what did I like to do? I liked construction. I liked drawing floor plans. I liked psychology. And nothing really fit. And then one day, I get this idea, well, what about television? Thinking, where, where did that come from, <laughs> right? I end up having a 28-year career in television. That's a heck of a career. Yeah, I really feel blessed to have had that career. And, you know, I, I do share a number of stories in the book about my career and the various chapters within that, that career itself. But, you know, I want to go back to your point about thinking about where we are with our lives. And I touch on this a little bit in the book as well. But I believe that the pandemic, COVID-19, happening in the year 2020 is not a coincidence. 
think about when you go to the eye doctor and you're sitting in that chair and they have the big chart on the wall and can you read the E and then can you read the littlest thing? They're trying to yeah. get you to have 20-20 vision. Okay. Interesting. And now think about this. What happened in 2020? We were all forced because of the pandemic to look at our lives or we could have chosen not to, but many people did choose to look at their life and say, where am I? What are my priorities? What am I doing? What means the most to me? And there were people who changed careers. There were people who changed. I mean, yes. the world changed because we all now suddenly were forced to stop. Think, listen, and look and see with clarity at our lives. Were our lives where we wanted them to be or not? And could we, should we make a change? 2020, not a coincidence to me. Yeah. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. Um, what do you think, given, given that metaphor, what did you see? What, did it, what, what was the biggest thing that you saw? Well, besides the injustice that was brought to the surface. Well, I that's think, true. You know, that's a whole nother chapter. Sure, of, sure. Of it's pandemic. another book. Yes. But I think what's interesting about that is that people didn't even think about where they were in their lives, in their careers. And to your point a moment ago about, well, I'm going to go do this job and I'm going to do that job. And you really don't think about why am I doing what I'm doing? And is it bringing me joy? Am I being of service? Am I really contributing to my world? Am I using my gifts? Am I using my talents? And I, I personally believe that people who were not awakened became more awakened and the people who were aware anyway, just it's like, whoa, let's just stop and look around. And if we, and I think a lot of people just broadened their horizons, at least the conversations I've had with people. Yeah. That's what they did. Yeah. I, I've had so many people say, what did we do? Like what have we, what have what have we created? Um, it's a good question. Yeah, and people look at like major decisions that we made, thinking about the technological advancements of humanity and the medical advancements of humanity and all these different things at at such a rapid warp speed, mm-hmm. without any time to really sit down and adjust to think about consequences of what we've done, right? You know, it's like that old saying, just because we can doesn't mean we should. You know, everything has a consequence. There's a price to everything. And we're paying huge prices right now for choices that we made, some with blinders on, some out of ignorance, some out of greed, probably, Mm -hmm. you know. um, And, you know, I just think that, that, that this book that you're writing is, I think people are really, really hungry for this. I mean, from what I'm hearing, and I told you this yesterday too, that what you have to say and what you're talking about, I am literally hearing every day from people. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. Um, I think I think one of the things that that human beings are facing is they're forced to look at the fact that really, Nothing has any meaning other than the meaning that they give it. And the responsibility of giving things this meaning now is a heavy burden 
on a lot of people and what are they actually going to, what are they really going to do with that for themselves? There's a lot of truth to that, David, and you're hearing it. I'm hearing it, whether it's professionally or personal conversations, people are stopping and, and thankfully asking themselves. And you bring up an interesting point. You talk about this in your, your book as well about that responsibility that we all have to really acknowledge where we are, <laughs> where we are, the experience yeah. we're having right now, we created. And what can we man, what do we want to manifest going forward? Is this, this what we want to continue? Or do we want to manifest and create something different and better for ourselves? And that's a question people need to ask. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think in order to add, you know, part of the thing to, to ask that question is we have to stop blaming other people for the choices we all made, you know, like there, that responsibility has got to come in collectively so that we can all start pointing the ship in the right direction instead <laughs> yeah. of trying to tear it apart and go in opposite ways. Cause it's just, to me, it's, it's, it's nonsense. It's, it's craziness, but I honestly think that that's just fear. And I'm really glad to see that you did what you did. I'm glad to see that you wrote this book, dare to own you. I mean, it is, um, it, it, it is perfect. And, and just to, to wrap this up, because I know we're running short on time here. You also say, take your authenticity and your dreams to your, to your, to your next chapter. How important in your mind and what does it mean to be authentic? <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Look, learning to own who you are learning to accept who you are, learning to be that authentic, you have to be vulnerable, you have to be courageous. But I think it's when you get to that point, and some people say, well, you know, it wasn't until I got to my 50s that I kind of said, ah, this is who I am, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Right? <laughs> but if we, can, if we can begin the process sooner, where do you think we'll be in our 50s or our 60s or even beyond that? Yeah. And so I do believe that part of fulfilling one's dreams, you might, you might have this wish in your head, but in order to make it the dream, meaning the reality, it does, I think, begin with the foundation of owning who you are and your authenticity. And when you can carry that along with that wish, turning it into a dream, guess what? You can manifest and create amazing chapters for yourself where you're authentic, you're living your best life, you're contributing to the world in some way, sharing your gifts and talents in some way. And that's really one of the important messages that I want to share with people is, you know what? We're all on this journey. We're right. always in transition. But if I can do it, you can too. And I really hope that it helps people think about those next chapters and allow themselves the possibility, give yourself permission. To that's make it that there. Change. That's it there. That's great, Liz. All right. I think that's a good place to, to leave it. Where? Okay. So today is your book is, 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 is hitting it today. So where can people get your book? 
on Amazon, on, okay. in, on Barnes and Noble, and hopefully in Barnes and Noble stores within days. I don't know when this is going to be published, but go in and ask for it. Seriously, go in and ask for it. Yes. If, if your bookstore doesn't have it, go in and ask for it. And, you know, get enough people asking for it and, and let's get this, this message spread out into the world. I just got my copy the other day. Can you see that? Oh, Oops. yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's great. Uh, I know. Um, it's, that's the galley copy, but, you know. Right. I still are you going to do, are you going to do uh, an audio version? I am. And in yes. fact, I'm recording it tomorrow and it's you're, going to be available your voice, in January. Yes? Yeah, oh, of course. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's my I own stories. <laughs> I love that. I love that. See, that's a mistake that I made with my book. I didn't do it myself. Oh my and um, I've been meaning to go back and do it, but it's the only complaint I ever get about my book is why didn't you do the, the audio version yourself? And it was a time restraint thing because I was on the road for so long. I couldn't get to the studio to actually do it. So I was like, just put it out like this and I'll, and I'll get to it later. And unfortunately, oh, I didn't do that. But so. David, you have a really rich voice. And Thank I you. think you can appreciate that your stories coming from your mouth and yeah. your voice yeah. <laughs> will have even a more powerful impact. And at least that's what I'm hoping to with mine, because I, I can't even imagine anybody doing my own stories. Oh, so. absolutely. <laughs> and you have a fantastic voice. You have a great Thank voice. You. So, that, I mean, it's, it, it's so, it'll be so great to listen to. Like I will, I will totally get your book again when you do the audio version and listen to it. Cause I love to listen to books. Like when I walk and stuff, I get something totally different out of it when I listen to it versus reading it. So we can get it at Amazon. What, tell us about your podcast. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for asking. My podcast is called Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm on all the major directories. <laughs> just okay. like you. And it's really, I, I share great interviews such as one with you, which we did yesterday. Yeah. It's really about transformations in people's lives. And, and my whole goal, David, my vision for my life, both personally and professionally, is I want to teach, I want to motivate, and I want to inspire people to live their best life. And by being able to share stories from wonderful guests such as yourself, Jack Canfield, Marcy Shimoff, Brian Tracy, I've got some wonderful, amazing guests on my show. And Absolutely. I really invite people to subscribe, review, go and listen to them. And it's, it's always such an honor to have those conversations with people and have them share their stories about how they've made transitions, whether they've risen above triumph, whether they've had next chapters, but there's always that underlying theme of transition to something. And I love it. I love interviewing people. As you know, it's one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's great. Well, congratulations to you. It has really been nice doing with this show. I hope we can do it again sometime soon. Yes. I think that would be fantastic. All the best luck uh, with your book. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to get to, to the audio version. So thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you. And, and thank you for having me on. I'm honored and I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.